This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Striking Distance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the forever etched in magic, Justin Waddell. Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking, Nick. It's a wonderful world out there, isn't it? Having a good time? Everything's going rock solid out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm actually outside, as you can hear the creatures. Yeah, here. And I think I'm out here with COVID. Yeah? I think COVID's out here. Maybe those crickets are trying to warn you. Yeah. So if COVID sneaks up on me and, and wraps me in its embrace, you got to let me know because you're, you're watching. Embrace is like a vamp, vampiric term, Nick. Okay, yeah. Hey, guys, just so you know, <laughs> we, we, were, we were thinking about having COVID as a guest on this show. But mm-hmm. uh, we figured that might not be the best thing to do. It's hard to book guests for this show. You know, well, I mean, we we we, uh, we lit it up so much in our previous incarnation, mm-hmm. you know, before everybody had a podcast, and uh, I don't think we want to aspire to that, you know. But hey, you know, we've been paying a lot of attention to what you guys have been doing out there, taking time out from your your quarantines to just bathe us in in, in commentary, and 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 uh, it's been really cool. It's it's enriching to to wake up in the morning and scroll through all those comments and just like. I, I wake up better. I just, I really just do. Are you talking about my text to you when I'm quoting our show? Oh, that might be it. I'm going to pretend those are from other people. <laughs> Did you, um, have you heard the news? What's that? I bought an electric toothbrush. All right. Do you have one of those? Yeah. I've got one of them. What Sonic, Sonic, Sonics. I want, I want Oral B, my friend. Hell yeah. I used to leave comment cards with my girlfriends too. (laughs) Well, at least it was worth bringing up. Yep. What do you, what do you, what do you think of those? What do you, you like those? Yeah, they're necessary. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the future, right? It's less hand movement. You could just reserve that for other tactics. It's perfect. By the so, way, uh, I don't want to speak yeah. out, of, out of school, but that thing, you could stick that toothbrush other places and work it, too. I know. It, uh, I've heard all. Yeah. I've heard. I've, I'm, I've been to Reddit. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm bringing this up now is because, and we can wait to the end of the show, but there is the end of the show. I'm sorry, the end of the movie that we're going to do today. The very end of it involves teeth. 
Okay. Do you remember? Do you remember? <sighs> Involves really. the bad guy's teeth. Not really. He gets tased oh, in the teeth. Oh, Nick. yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not really his teeth, but I get it. Yeah. So you'd say more, he gets more tased on the lips. I, know, I love this thing that happens. Sometimes you're talking and your voice will get like really loud mm-hmm. and, and then it'll get quiet again. I don't get that treat. You get that special treat. I don't what does get that mean? It. I don't know, but all I know is whenever it happens in the show, I intentionally don't fix it because it's so weird. I'm sorry. No, I think, just... I think it's great. It's probably COVID. Mm. Have you been out there dodging COVID? I've been, yeah, I've been like bobbing, weaving, looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's it's great. Yeah, it is great. That's one thing you can say about it. You know what else is great? This show. And if you guys aren't familiar with what the movie Microscope is, it's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film with a set of penetrative eyes. We really kind of scan the horizon. We put the X and the X and the Y and the Y axis, and we we kind of jimmy it around until we get into the machine. And uh, we just like, you know, we zip on through. And then when we see something great, we decide if it makes or breaks. We let it rise to the surface and skim it out and then share it with you. So if we were talking about Max Dugan Returns, we wouldn't be talking about the scene where Jason Robards rides a jet ski across his wife's plowshare. We talk about the scenes that are small, the scenes that are little ones, you know, the ones that really kind of speak to us. What do you think about Max Dugan Returns? Uh, I, you know, my memory is failing me. Is that a Frank Whaley or a John Cryer film? Which one? What is it? You, 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 you're falling for the oldest one in the book, man. Remember back in the day, people used to get Matthew Broderick and John Cryer mixed up? No Small Affair. Is that Broderick yeah. or is that Cryer? Hiding Out. Is that Cryer or is that Broderick? Wait a minute. Matt- is Bro- Broderick isn't it, is it? Fuck yeah. Are you sh- I don't think it's I don't think it's true. It's I don't got- think it's Broderick. It's a Broderick. It has to be. I know. I, John- it- I, I, I like John Cryer. Mm-hmm. Let me look. Still, yeah. Let's get let's get let's get to the IMDb. Jason Robards, yeah. Donald Sutherland, Matthew Broderick. Fuck yeah! My memory super failed me. I, I did ha- see that in the theater. I did see it in the theater. I just think it's a dumb. That's a dumb. That was a dumb poster in the video store. That's a pre Ferris movie, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh I, man, I, I, I screwed that one up. Uh, so, but guys, this is a big one. As we scream up the charts ever closer to the Prince, we had to get you guys prepped for Bruce Willis. We had to do some Bruce Willis before we got ready for the ultimate. What year did this come out? 92, 93? I think 93, sir. 1993's Striking Distance. Directed by whom? One Rowdy Harrington. Wasn't... That prolific of a director, Nick. I think he did Roadhouse. He did do Roadhouse. That's all that matters then. That's the one that people... Yeah. That's the one people remember him for. Yeah. They don't recall fondly this movie, but this movie is a little bit of a hit. No. It made some money. Yeah, it made some money at the old box office. It was a failure. It was a box office failure. Not according to Bruce Willis's Wikipedia page, which I was on earlier today. That's a huge mistake. And uh, it was a little bit of an uplift in when his career was kind of uh, bobbing along there. 
but yeah, it was critically, it was you're, a huge failure. You're right. You're right. It cost 30 and made 24. <laughs> you're right. It, uh, you're right. But, um, it's a huge hit. Huge hit. They critics spent, had a bit. They spent 30 critics. million to make 24 million. Huge hit. You're right. Big hit. <laughs> well, they, they classified it as a as a movie that made money compared to like Bonfire of the Vanities or something that he was okay. in. Okay, well, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Here's the anything. thing. Would you agree to this? The critics had a little bit of a liking distance to this movie, would you say? <laughs> yes. And Bruce Willis did as well. He did this film under the bus big time. He did, but he also had a heavy hand making it. He yes. changed the script. He wrote. I was reading on the old IMDb trivia page. He... He was in there trying to make it more Bruce-ish. Why would anybody want that? And then um, Rowdy, the director, um, was supporting his changes, was trying to play ball and trying to be nice about Bruce Willis in the press. Yeah. And Bruce Willis was not nice about the director. Yeah, he's a, makes me hate him even more. Who, Bruce? Yeah, Bruce Willis piss, is a piss clam. <laughs> I was trying to figure out after I watched this movie, which he is. I I think he's outright terrible in this. Um, oh, he's he's hilariously bad in this. I was trying to think: Do I like Bruce Willis? And I do. Like, I still like him sometimes. Yeah, Even he's ridiculous. Now? I don't like this sixty-five-year-old version of Bruce Willis that's floating around that pops up every once in a while. I don't want to see him anymore, but I I still like. 12 monkeys and what are what are some other movies Pulp that, fiction yeah but like die hard like he's 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 been in some great stuff and he's been good in it but man oh man when he's, he's a, bad he's bad he's a shit actor i mean unbreakable's good but he's a dog shit actor and uh a cocky a, son of a bitch which hurts you know you, you take you take somebody who's a cock and he's in <laughs> movies that, that are bad and then he smirks and shit, and he and he and he's mean to people. How, so, do, you, how do you love him, Bruce Willis? I, you know, a lot of people might not remember. Uh, and you know, he he got his uh, he got famous ma- from playing David Addison on a show called Moonlighting in the eighties, which I really loved. Did oh, you man, ever watch that? That's a, that's a deep cut, man. You really scraped deep. <laughs> Nobody like knows that. Do you like that show? No. Well, no one. I mean, it's a long time ago. I, did, I imagine if we have people that are under forty listening to the show, which we don't, but let's say we do, we do a couple, a couple people, they might not know how Bruce Willis his origin story. Well, I mean, no, I think if you want to go back even further, I mean, Moonlighting is when the world kind of found out about him. But before Moonlighting, he was a bartender. He was playing, you know, harmonica, doing band stuff. One day, he's sitting there at the crossroads, and uh, this fucking sulfur smell started to surface and you know Mm -mm. he's sitting there he's already balding he's got the harp in his pocket he knows nobody really wants to hear that and he hears this arcane voice with a with a with a delicate touch in the wind say would you like the ultimate would you like to be a movie star and bruce is like sign me up here's my blood and now moonlighting well here's the thing is that did he also did the devil i guess that's the devil did he did the devil say the only catch is you have to talk like this in every movie you're in because that's he does sound like that nick when he taught when he does he he's kind of a whisper actor yeah a little yeah yeah and the anyway 
And, and, and let's give this to Bruce. Like he was the, one of the first every man action hero kind of guys. Right. Um, and I so think, he, I think what people forgot is that every man just means he's bland and shit. Like every man overrated group of people, by the way. Okay. So, but you know, and moonlighting, he was a comedic actor. Like he was, he was very funny on that show. And I think as that show played out over its, I don't know how long it lasted five years or something. Um, he started to be, he wanted to be more of a heartthrob Remember, Like he wanted to be more dramatic on that show and Man, it died once again, once again, the way that he was filmed in moonlighting, the camera was jizzing on him. Like they gave him and Sybil Shepard, the soft focus, like they were like, like the camera was, I fucking them the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I know what you're saying. He went on to do what blind date and, and that kind of garb. I didn't say that. You said that, which I saw in the theater. But of course, the camera, the camera could not spread quicker for Bruce Willis. And that was the moonlighting was just rubbing Vaseline all over the lens. It was it was embarrassing. Well, and the and show then, was you know, crap. No, I like the show for a while. I really I love that show. And I was a big Bruce Willis fan. You know, Die Hard was kind of the what made him a movie star after some failed attempts. And it people, was great. People come here for the serious truths. But. After the success of Die Hard, he said, I got to be an action star now. And he made Striking Distance, Nick. And how'd it go? Before he made Striking Distance, he made stuff like Hudson Hawk. You know? Well, do you like Hudson Hawk? It's got to fall. I hate Hudson Hawk. I hate Hudson Hawk. You know, I I like some of his little movies that he did up in there. But Hudson Hawk, I I hated it the moment I watched. I saw that in the theater as well. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a stupid person. I love Die Hard 2. I do too. I like Die Hard 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure he did other movies that are, I mean, 12 Monkeys is great. Not because of him necessarily, but he's good in it. He's been in plenty of good stuff. Plenty of good Sixth, things. Sixth Sense? Yeah. Unbreakable is better. But Striking Distance, you're right. Saw this in the theater. And he's like, he, uh, this is his chance to play a, um, uh, an anti-hero, kind of like a, a, no. Yeah, like he 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 does it. He's not cracking wise too often in this one. Nick, he's an alcoholic. He's got some, uh, you know, issues with the uh, bad cops in this film. He's a he's a he's a rough and tumble dude, and he sucks. Let's just put it out there. He sucks. <laughs> well, you know what? The thing is, the scary thing is, he sucks the least. You think in so? this movie, he's the one who sucks the least. Everybody else sucks more. Everybody, except mm. for the uh, the Asian lady who works the radio at her at his little base, and she gets punished for being remotely useful. That's one of the funniest scenes in this movie is when she gets killed, and he uh, <laughs> his his anguish over it over a character that he doesn't know is incredible. And he's like, "What does he say?" He says, "Kim Lee, no." <laughs> well, the, the, now the funny thing is, it's almost like he thinks somebody might be watching because he thinks it's his girlfriend. And he's already building up the emotion to blow out because he thinks it's his girlfriend. And then when it's Kim Lee, there's a moment where he's like thrilled. And then he, it's like, oh, somebody might be watching. I've got to go fucking haywire. And he acts like his, his mom and kids died. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but we have to we have to back it up because this, we're, we're jumping too far ahead to Kim Lee's death already. What are we doing? So, um. Let's set the movie up a little bit. What's let's going talk, on? Let's talk, yeah, let's talk about the remote control car. 
Oh, God. That's the one thing I did remember from this movie is that remote control car and Little Red Riding Hood, the song that they play for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. The killer plays a uh, theme song. He has a theme song, Little Red Riding Hood. Um, I don't know. Can't zoom in to tell you who's that who it's by. It's an old fifties or sixties hit, right? But oh man, every time he's about to kill a young woman in this, I'm gonna say the guy's name's Gary, probably. Well, maybe. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, talk about how this movie starts. Like, what's about? What's it about? About crazy shit. Um, it's by Sam the Sham. That song. Mm, close. Yeah. With a with an appearance by Gary. Um, so the premise of the film is Bruce Willis is the latest in a, f- a five generation long line of police officers, very proud heritage, uh, Irish folks who have uh, he's married into the Italian side of the police department, and so they have this really tight knit organization. However, he's a man of conscience, and so when his partner, played by Robert Pastorelli, breaks the rules, he calls. He finds it his responsibility to rat him out, and it causes a major rift in the police department. At the same time, he's the lead investigator on a a murder, a serial killer who is using a remote control car for no reason and playing Little Red Riding Hood for no reason. And then, yeah, and somehow he's, he's, he's dumping the body. He's dumping the bodies where, like the river, I guess. I don't wherever like he wants. And he's then, dumping the bodies somewhere. Yeah, yeah. and then. Uh, the night of the policeman's ball, for some stupid reason, the suspect becomes uh, it becomes apparent he's out there. They know who he is and they're chasing him. That makes no sense. All of a sudden, they know that it's it happens to be that suspect that they're following, and and the, and the craziest police chase happens. A ridiculous so, yeah, so, police chase. So Bruce Willis is in the car with his dad, played by John Mahoney. And they're going to the policeman's ball, right? They're going somewhere. Policeman's ball. Yes, policeman's ball. And they're all dressed up. And, you know, there's dad, son, dad banter about, you know, who, who's Bruce Willis dating? Well, and that's, by that's the a, way, we, we need to talk about Bruce Willis's name in this before we get ahead of ourselves. Lay, lay what is his char- what's his character's name? His, his, name, his name is Tom Hardy. <laughs> I had this vision of them remaking this film with Tom Hardy. And he plays a character named Bruce Willis. Yes. I think that would be um, so great. And, you know, if Tom Hardy did Venom voice in this, it would sound somewhat similar to how Bruce Willis delivers his lines in this. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, they're they're rolling out to this policeman's ball. There's some dad-son banner. And, but, you know, John well, Can Mooney's we talk like, about the banter, though? We can. Because, That's what I was going to get to. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Top it's shelf. The, top it's, shelf. It's this car chase, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to give the film some personality. Mm-hmm. So there's like this hectic driving and they're all pressurized and they and they have um, Mahoney and Bruce Willis having this innocuous conversation about his relationship. It's like a cute, like a cute conversation because they're trying to make the film likable, like a Beverly Hills Cop or a Lethal Weapon or Irreversible. And they fuck up because it comes off as super hollow. And Bruce Willis well, has the grace of a fucking, you know, like a anvil's nuts. <laughs> well, he says... I wrote down one of the exchanges. So John Mahoney is a good actor and apparently took this movie to act with Bruce Willis, who then didn't show up to act opposite. Him. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So he was. Um, so anyway, um, John Mahoney gets a line and he says, what happened to that nurse? And Bruce Willis says, nothing happened to her yet. He's fine. It just didn't work out. Like that's says Bruce Willis has these like 
eye rolling lines the whole time. Like he's constantly, um, you know, pushing back on his dad's interest. And his dad's soon dead. They kill Mahoney so fast in this movie. I was surprised. I was very surprised. Yeah. So they catch up. The the killer, uh, he kind of grand theft autos away from all the police, kills some of the police. Oh, uh, so one of the the scene where they're in the over in the tunnel, and the car, they, the car, the cop car gets flipped and it's skidding on its top. Did you notice what was happening? No. So th- this um, is amazing. There's a dummy in there of a cop. Well, a dumb, yeah. I could just say a dummy, and it's the car is coming towards us at high speed, and you can see the arm of the dummy like on the ground getting shredded. Uh, I did see that, yeah. and it's it's wonderful. And then the next shot, the cop gets severed. He get, he he leaves, and then it's cute because Bruce Willis calls it in and says, "We have," uh, he's like, "We have injuries." Yeah, he, he's like, uh, be, be, by the way, he drove through that guy's body. <laughs> he drove through well, that guy's did, body. Killer caused an accident where like a big truck plowed through the cop car. Well, and- it pu- it pushed it. And mm-hmm. then, and then, it, and then another, and then another car hit it and it exploded. And then Bruce Willis exploded. drove through the wreckage of the of the policeman. So if they weren't dead yet, they were dead then. And Mahoney's and like, they, Mahoney's like, they're they, driving I, over the head of the guy. And Mahoney's like, so what do you think about taking somebody out for dinner? <laughs> you think about dating some nurse? Now they weren't at that point. They were all business. They were trying to catch this guy. They catch up to him. They have a wreck. They have this 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 wreck. Both cars. Who, whose fault is the wreck? Hell? By the way. I can't zoom in that hard. Mahoney, Mahoney, Mahoney does it. Mahoney does it. Oh, he shoots the tire. Yeah, and that yeah, he goes, I, I got this, and then he shoots the tire in the car and instantly murders him. It, it you know it spins over into their lane. They go flying and flipping and flying, and then what happens? Well, so what ha- what happens is then there's a little bit of a blackout, and then Bruce Willis was wakes up and he's getting pulled from the wreckage of his uh, car. And he's like, where's my dad that I don't like? Where's my dad that I don't like and care about? And they say, they show a dead body being put on a stretcher in a body bag. And the, first, and the first of several scenes of Bruce Willis pretending to be anguished happens. And he says, uh, they said, your dad was actually, believe it or not, your dad was shot. There's some, he was shot point blank. And so it sets up a mystery of that Mahoney was murdered. Uh, you know, his dad was murdered after this wreck. And the, and the bad guy obviously got away. His car's there, but he's nowhere to be found. And so then Bruce Willis um, then runs afoul of the police because he's convinced that the person they were chasing was a cop. He's convinced this killer was a cop, but the cops uh, bring in a patsy, this this guy. The, the least convincing patsy over. I've ever seen. And Bruce Willis actually calls him a patsy on TV. Right. Remember? Well, the funny thing is there are... Bruce Willis thinks everyone that's doing crime in this film is a cop. Mm-hmm. He's like, he, he, this guy drives like a cop, you know, even, even during the chase scene. Yeah. Well, yes, as it turns out, but it's start, he, he's starting to sound like a flat earther a little bit. He's like, every, he's got the same answer for every problem. So here's the thing. This, this is all set up. This is all like prologue. It, it sets up, he gets demoted or he gets kicked off the force. And then he is, now a boat cop, like Harbor. when you meet in present day, yeah, two years Harbor patrol, yeah, Harbor patrol, yeah, and he is that's but but, we, but you're missing a, a big part. I don't. Oh, who Deferina and all we introduced and all those guys. So oh, yeah, we, so yeah. he goes right yeah. after right after his father is murdered. Yeah, the 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 legal proceedings against his partner, played by Robert Pastorelli, happens. Who doesn't show up to court, which is, mm-hmm. blows everybody's fucking mind except for Mahoney, who's dead, and then. 
they uh so next thing we know pastorelli is standing on the top of a bridge trying to you know threatening to kill himself tom sizemore and who is his brother and dennis freena who is their father now imagine that family are are beside themselves you know worried that their friends you know their loved one is going to die and then mr bruce willis shows up and helps him die helps him go over the bridge and once again the worst the worst acting of the film from bruce willis happens here and that's saying something because when pastorelli goes over the edge willis loses it and it He collapses. He collapses, and it's the least convincing. And then he goes back over, all sad, and looks over the edge, and mm-hmm. it's 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 a masterclass. You, I mean, so seriously, the best, watch the best this. Thing, why, so, Pastorelli, Robert Pastorelli, who was on, who's famous from being on Murphy Brown. Like I, he wasn't in a ton of movies, was he? Maybe. He sucks. He, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's up about to jump off the bridge, and he's having a conversation with his father and his brother and Bruce Willis. And he 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 says this. He says to his dad, he goes, "This is the same. This is the same bridge mom jumped off of." Remember? He goes, "Remember?" He says, "Remember." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to end that with "remember." Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, you had a mom. You know, and then and then it's great because his flesh and blood are standing there, and he's and then Bruce Willis shows up, and he goes, "My part, you are my partner, my flesh and blood." My flesh and blood. And he pronounces it like that. Meanwhile, his actual flesh and blood is right there. The one person who is not his flesh and blood, he's sitting there pleading that he's his well, flesh and blood. He's got a point, right? The, the 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 partners are like, that's what he's trying to put across here. And that's what the cops make clear to Bruce Willis is that you don't betray your family, which is the police force. The very corrupt and shitty police force, the Pittsburgh police force here, I guess. Yeah, your neck of the woods. Yeah, that's where I was born, bro. Uh, hey, and- Willis, what do you think of Will- Willis on crutches here? What did you think of that look? Yeah, I looked at it. What I do saw. You think? I saw it. I mean, it was. And? I mean, just like everything else in his career, substandard performance. After after he gets in that wreck, okay, after you know, Bruce Willis and his dad dies, <clears throat> somebody asked Bruce Willis, how, he says, I think it might be Farina, he goes, how are you feeling? And then in Bruce Willis' voice, he says, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty great. Um. Sizemore, by the way, we mentioned Tom Sizemore like it's nothing. Tom Sizemore is in this film. I mean, all hail Dennis Farina. He is one of the all-time best. But Tom Sizemore, no slouch, looking slim in this, Nick. Looking slim, but also lacking any moment of subtlety in his life. But, you know, the the Brian James, man, he's the one I really loved in this. I love seeing with his little blonde highlights in his hair. Brian James looking as le- he was looking the least lizard freak fuck shit as I've ever seen him. Like I've never seen Brian James and thought that's a that's a, a human that might get a date. And in this movie, I'm like, I could see it. I could see a woman like maybe looking at him. First he, uh, time. He is very angry at Bruce Willis <laughs> throughout the whole movie, like everybody is, but he really is. They really have a very antagonistic relationship, almost come to blows several times. And do, in fact, they do. They do have a fight. Yeah, they have a couple skirmishes. Um, 
but yeah, Brian James is is calls him a rat. And he, at one point, he says about Bruce Willis, he's like, "What what's what he's turned into is a sin." That's what he says about him. <laughs> and what he's turned into is he's he's boat police. Yeah, <laughs> so, which yeah. I, I get it, I get it, yeah. and I love it. I love Brian James's name in this movie because it's such a weird movie name. It's not what you typically would hear in a movie. It's uh, his name in it is Eddie Eiler, Detective Eddie oh. Eiler. Sounds like a main character. No, nice. It sounds, it sounds like a huge mistake. The Eddie but, Eiler Chronicles. <laughs> what? What? Brian? Brian James? By the way, B R I O N. We've right. talked about it before. Uh, it makes you, all the difference, by the way. It does. So we, what do you think? A movie microscope legend? Are we, are we ready to commit? Okay. So we've had him in the horror show. Yes. We've had him. Something else. Was he Where? in Southern comfort? Yes. He, he was in Southern comfort. Oh my God. He was. And was he in <laughs> infinity war? No, no, never mind. Yeah. Brian um, James. Yes. I think he qualifies at this stage. And Farina. Yes. What a what a what a treat to have him in a movie. One day we'll do Midnight Run, and it'll be the it'll be like opening a Whitman's chocolate sampler. Dennis Farina has exactly one gear. He only does one performance, and it is incredible. It you put it in any movie. If he was still alive, they could have put him in. He could have showed up in anything, like did J horror anything. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he was still around. He's there, fantastic. My favorite thing that he does, and he does it to an amazing degree in this film, is the dialogue-free hate stare. Like he does this this stare in this movie. I I I rewound it. I could not believe how weird it was that he did it. And it's long, and it's out of place, and it's the best. Do you think? Let me ask you. you know, obviously that's part of it. And you know, we and Farina, of course, has been on the show in Manhunter and recently in Stakeout. Um, Stakeout Two, another Stakeout. Uh, do you think he picked a look and went with it, Dennis Farina? <laughs> <laughs> has he ever looked different in anything? I, I can't imagine. Was he in Tuong Fu? <laughs> <laughs> Denise Farina. Can you? That's how I had. I, I had a typo here when I put down his name. Um. And then, you know, early, uh, we, we talk a lot about the cast, early Andre Brower in this. Very and early. And, of course, we haven't even mentioned who Sarah shows J. up. Sarah J. Jessica Parker. Yes. And so, do you have any notes about playing this? A, before, playing a finely shaded character. Before we get to the water portion of this film, do you have any things to add about this? I guess we call it the prologue. No. Bruce Willis has a uh, acoustic guitar. In his apartment, I noticed. I was hoping he would pick it up. Well, you call it an apartment. And what is it? A house? It's, it's I guess. a boat. It's a float. Well, he. It, this is before the boat. Oh, okay. I don't. We he's go like, to his house in the first part. Yeah, no. yeah. He has, he has like a um, on his shelf. I was trying to write down some of the stuff he has on his shelf, and one of the things he has, he has a a Rolling Rock trophy, <laughs> which is like the big Rolling Rock's a big beer in Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. And so, I don't know why he'd have that. That's drink because he is an alcoholic later on in the film. He's, he plays an Irish person, so do two and two there. Uh, it's a quality zoom though to be caring about what's on a shelf while I'm watching the movie. I was, I was trying. Well, that's what we're supposed to do on the on the movie microscope. I zoomed in. <laughs> 
And I zoomed in on my life quickly as I was watching this film. I looked at my life under a magnifying glass and I, I was like, what went wrong and where did it happen? You know, like I remember watching this film and not liking it. And now here I am again. For some reason, I thought I read a book that this movie was based on, but that's not true. It, it just feels like a novel, though. You know, there's such detail. You know what's funny is there's an alternate world where this movie is like a uh, sort of like a like a Night Falls on Manhattan or a uh, you know, like Pride and Glory. Like it, it, it's it wants to be a serious mm-hmm. movie, like with the, like something that James Gray would do. But Rowdy Harrington did it. <laughs> I just think it's funny. So we have, you know, they, we we didn't really talk about this too much, but when Pastorelli goes over that bridge, there's a part of him that he's reaching to Bruce Willis, and, he, and he's like, he's about to come off the bridge. And then he does like a, you know, what do they do when people go to shake your hand? And then you go to shake it, and then they go, they whip it back, and they brush their hair, the side right. of their head, like, yeah. fuck you. He does a kind of that, but suicide, you know, like, (laughs) and jumps off the bridge. And then you're right. It goes to this very anguished Bruce Willis in the rain, like kneeling in the rain, almost kind of like Jay Hewitt. And I know what you did last summer. Remember her pose in that? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what what came to mind. Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, then it cuts to years later and Bruce Willis is now living on a houseboat. He's a water cop. I think that's what they call him. And then um, he's got a cat named Bob. Yeah. Played by? I didn't see that. Played by Bob. He played himself in the movie. That's nice. That's in the credits. One of the first things Bob does is he comes in and he um, (laughs) licks Bruce Willis on the face a lot. Yeah. And it's and it's it's so obvious that they smeared like some tuna or or some shit on Bruce Willis's face because you know, he doesn't have the chops to act next to a cat. So <laughs> the cat starts licking him in one particular spot, hardcore. He starts sort of pushes it away and it goes back for more. It's obviously not the first take because the cat nailed it and Willis couldn't. So they had to keep <laughs> doing it, obviously. And, and it's, it just feels like we're watching a, a, a bad copy of a bad copy at this point. Poor cat acted his fucking heart out. He lost two lives fucking filming that movie. And uh, Bruce Willis couldn't get the take right. Smell and face. I, went, I was hoping in the, like, just like another stakeout, we were going to get some kind of tail over the camera scene. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know what? So, I heard, I heard that Bob actually tried to take over the editing room for this. <laughs> it seems like you might've succeeded. <laughs> um, did you know that, that? So when did this movie like? At one point, this movie goes from dark to kind of like infused by heaven, and that's whenever Bruce Willis leaves his house, and there is a shot of him from behind in his shorts. The Bruce Willis is, is in booty hugging shorts in this, Nick. He is, and there those and shorts are, and a knee brace. And a knee brace because it has to make it look. Try to make it look sort of cool. I mean, his he is injured from his car accident, but I imagine those two bare legs sticking out of those shorts. They had to do something, you know. But they try to paint him as a guy who has accepted his lot in life. He's a drinker. He's got his cat, mm-hmm. but he wakes up. He waves to the rowing team. You know, he's on his way. He's got a little attitude. You know, he wants. Yeah, he, he's got the, the Hollywood legend Timothy Busfield. He's busting his balls. You know. 
Yeah, for thirty somethings, Timothy Busfield, right? Isn't he on thirty something? Is that yeah what in he the got West famous? in the West Wing? Yeah, yeah. Everybody and, uh, from TV in this movie. You know, it's funny. This is an old movie, mm-hmm. and you know how old it is. You want to know how old this movie is? There's a Simpsons Timothy reference. There's a Simpsons <laughs> reference in it. That's how old this movie is. Yeah. Well, Timothy Busfield is introduced. He's a prick in this, and he. Whatever is... happened to that show? The Simpsons. <laughs> I get it. But Busfield is, um, he hates Bruce Willis. He's betting everybody that Bruce Willis is not coming to work today because he's an alcoholic asshole. But he loses that bet because Bruce Willis, um, Tom Hardy, jets into work on this motorboat, you know, acts cool, gets on his police-issued boat, whatever the hell he's on. And then he he uh, immediately tricks Buff Busfield and dunks him in the water. What what is it? What is it? Like what's he do? He like He makes him go go untie some knot in the back of the boat and then hauls ass away. Yeah, and but, then Busfield's you know, in the water. Did, by the way, did you notice the scene where Busfield loses the bet? The way that that guy reacts to that $20 bill. I mean, he the is guy, that actor, he's mugging for the camera, popping that 20 right in the camera's face. He sees he's seizing his opportunity with camp for camera time. I can't blame him. I think he thought he's he was pregnant. filming like a like a Kroger lottery uh, commercial or something like that. Well, back in the 93, 20 bucks was it's like almost it was, like getting it was actually cool seeing one of the old twenties. Because that money looked money looked more like money back then. I like it. Mm-hmm. Could I zoom in? Yeah. No coin shortage. That's that's a that's a big topic right now. Everybody's buzzing about it. Oh, I don't know what's going on. What do you mean? I haven't heard. Go to go if you go to any any store. There's a sign on the front of the store that's talking about the old coin shortage. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Oh, Bruce Willis wearing some groin shortage in this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the those things are. Uh, by the way, they cut to Busfield in the next scene. He's immediately dry. He's dried off so quickly because yeah. then his the captain, like the, the their boss, is like yelling at Bruce Willis, like saying he's got to do certain things, and then Bruce Willis turns his radio off. That's when we meet Kim Lee for the first time. Yes, his, uh, she's like the dispatch, played by Jody Long. Yeah, and that's she's Captain Penderman. Oh, okay. Let's not fucking push it. She's quite charming in this in her little cute little scenes before she's immediately wrecked off the earth. <laughs> she makes a line about. She makes up. There's this acting moment she has where she's. Uh, it says is, is uh, equipment malfunction as if he was turning it off, and she does this little gesture like she she was like, "Hey guys, when you go to the when you see this movie in the theaters, notice for the notice this thing I do. It's it's gonna make you fucking lose it." Let's not. My call, yeah, my, my zoom in real quick. A wonderful moment in film history. <laughs> I hope the killer saw that, and and that's why she took the heat. Well, we know why she took the heat. Because uh, they, they need to get real emotions out of Bruce Willis. No, because the killer is targeting all the women, women yeah. in Bruce Willis's life. And there are plenty to kill because he is a bit of a ladies' man, it turns out, guys. The, the thing is, the ladies cannot resist Bruce Willis. They weren't told that if they went on a date with him, they would later be serial killed. You know, they didn't <laughs> They didn't hear that part. Well, there the funny no- thing is, is... From all perspectives, it sounds like these were very bad experiences for everybody involved. So it's not like they were the love of his life. These are all relationships that went shit. 
and that yeah, he was an alcoholic. He was married to his work. He's fucking crazy. So these mm-hmm. are all women that had gone through the hardest part of their lives. They'd gotten out from under Bruce Willis. They're mm-hmm. moving on. And then what happens to them? How's their, how's their, how are they rewarded for moving on? Slaughtered. Yep. Put Damn in murder. a put in wrapped in like a mummy and sent into the sea. And then that yeah, and they get thrown into the water, which is, you know, Bruce Willis's territory. Let's be honest. That's where his, his stomping ground, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh he it, it come to find out as the movie progresses, someone is trying to frame Bruce Willis for these murders. And he does not take kindly to this, Nick. He doesn't like it. <laughs> does not want to be framed. In fact, he wants the real killer to be on Earth. So he goes a little bit rogue, and he does his own uh, investigation onshore, right? In the meantime, he gets saddled with a new partner. Now, who's this new partner? Sarah J. Sarah Jessica Parker in the house. And her character's name is Furiosa. (laughs) And she, uh, you know, immediately Bruce Willis is like, he doesn't want a partner. He certainly doesn't want a female partner. And there's a there's a shot of him <laughs> when he's taking this all in and he looks at her wetsuit and there is a, uh, I don't know, what is it? like uh, Breast impressions. Breast impressions in this wetsuit. And he does his Bruce Willis scowl. He doesn't like to see that. He's like, That's I hope it bump. floats. Hope it floats. Yeah. But then he's soon like, thrilled because he, he's soon betting this woman. Yeah, he actually sued Sandra Bullock because that line ended up being the inspiration for a film she was in. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker, um, you know, the, the first thing that they do together, their cops are on this boat, and immediately there's crime on the water. Yeah. That they- is. That's how rough the Pittsburgh seas are. I think that's the correct term. Yeah, three rivers, yeah, right? Yeah, the movie was originally called Three Rivers, I think, or they wanted to call it that, but they said, no, 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 let's call it Striking Distance. <laughs> and they said, why? Uh, why? Why should we call it Striking Distance? Well, you know, uh, the same guy that said that was the guy that said, hey, let's play Little Red Riding Hood. Well, the reason that actually they went with Striking Distance and then it carried over. See, originally Bruce Willis wasn't, he wasn't the first actor that they tried to get. They tried to get De Niro for this. Yep. They tried to get who else? Do you remember reading? There's one other name that they mentioned, but you you mentioned somebody that I didn't know about, Paul Hogan. Oh, I think I think you said Hulk Hogan. That's why I was okay. Okay, that makes more more sense. I thought you said Hulk Hogan was supposed to play the part. Oh, of Crocodile Dundee fame, like they he was originally. I think that they pursued him as well, and that movie was originally called Criking Distance. So. That's my joke. That was my whole 24-hour buildup. <laughs> so, but no, that 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 uh so there's a crime on the water. Oh, fuck us. And, <laughs> it's crime on the water. Does it and make it a is, sound when somebody unpatron patrons? Do we have we have patrons? Well, we have like two or three people that care. Those poor, those poor people. Thank you. You guys are so sweet. Um are anyway, fucking, so okay, so but let me tell you the other person, the real other person that they were gonna have, because it makes you wonder what this film would have been like had those people been in it. Ed Harris. Hmm. Well, they they went, they went for the balds. 
By the way, you notice? Did you see this thing going on with Mickey Rourke and De Niro right now? I did, of course. (laughs) I I think. I think. Hashtag Team De Niro. By the way, I just think that you know Mickey Rourke sounds like he has a stable personality. He seems he seems fine mentally. Yeah, I mean, in the the era of COVID, how's his how's his mental health, Nick? How's he doing? Okay. Yeah, just take a look at that fucking face, and and all is answered. Looking young. Oof. So, um, and he likes he likes dogs. That's one thing I know about. He Mickey likes Rourke. little like like little glamour pet dogs. Yeah, Criking distance. No. <laughs> so anyway, there's the crime that this is what you had posted about. They see a crime in progress on a boat. They see, uh, they look into a, a big like a boat, and then they see this these guys with guns, you know, and they're. They're running around this boat. They're they're pushing people, you know, they're captives. And they see it through all the, the windows. And Sarah Jessica Parker says to Bruce Willis, did you see that? And he goes, uh, uh, I did. And so then um, they hatch their plan, right? Right. Bruce Willis is going to go into diehard mode, my diehard mode, and get on that boat and uh, go go wild. What? So what happens? You, you, had, you had posted a little bit about this. Well, I posted a, a moment from it because it's ridiculous. But Bruce Willis goes in there and does something we've never seen him do in the entirety of the film or had any inclination he was capable of. It's called police work. (laughs) And he goes in and he takes out a boat full of people looking all Bruce Willis, swimming with shotgun shells in his mouth, like looking, climbing ladders on bridges, like doing all sorts of police things and being all tough. Killed zero of his fathers during that scene. I, I didn't know who I was watching for a minute. Yeah, and he gets the drop on these guys. He he's aboard that boat and he's taking charge. Yeah, he's like he's kicking ass on that boat. Oh, he really kicks ass. And so one thing he does is he trips this guy. Come he, he knocks one. T- this guy's coming out of a little porthole. He knocks that guy. Knocks that guy back down into the boat. Knocks yeah. him out. His little friend comes looking for him. He trips that guy on the stairs. Takes his hat. Mm-hmm. And he, and he it's the guy has this little cobra hat, and Bruce Willis starts wearing it for the rest of the scene, which I thought was very strange. Like it must have been a cute idea to him. Like he's like, I'm gonna wear this guy's hat. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be hilarious? The, the old hat moment in Striking Distance. That everybody's gonna remember. That's just a weird thing. See, I, there know? was a part of me was like, well, maybe he thinks that it'll convince that the captain that it's the other guy for a, a, a millisecond, allowing him the chance to get the drop on him. But then mm-hmm. I realized Bruce Willis just doesn't want people to see that head. They don't want to see what he doesn't want them to see what's happening up there. Yeah, he does not. He doesn't. He's not doing anything to. He's running into rooms, shotgun out, screaming. He's not trying to get through <laughs> any undercover work. That's right. Um, but so then he, there's two guys that are holding these two other people hostage, and Bruce Willis puts an end to that. He shoots one guy in the hand. He shoots the other guy in the the, the chest. Yeah. And the bread basket, and he's and then he kills the. It, he kills the guy, the, the guy that's steering the boat, the last bad guy, because Sarah Jessica Parker shouts at him, and goes, "Hey, there's a guy up there." Yeah, behind, him. saves him. Yeah, and then he has, he goes, he makes a big point afterwards, saying, "Hey, you did a great job out there during that time you yelled." Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker gets nothing to do in this, except she yells at the end, and then he thanks her profusely. Um, you, you know, you did nothing, but I appreciate it. Well, here's the here's the here's the sad truth about she just saved, she just saved his life. She just saved his right, life. Right, but, but but here's the the secret about Sarah Jessica Parker, who he they 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 spend some time in the in the sack together. Um, they do. She's internal mm-hmm. affairs. 
That's revealed right toward the end of the movie. And it is yep. ridiculous. It's amazing. It's like she's doing her job very poorly. She's not doing a good job. <laughs> Bruce Willis and her are both having a tough time doing their jobs. Yeah, she is like, um, I am, you are in me right now. And I'm so Bruce Willis figures out that these women that are being murdered are related to him, tells no one. And I guess he tells no one because the cops are corrupt. Sarah Jessica Parker turns out she's investigating Bruce Willis um, because there's some, you know, trying to see if he's a dirty cop or not. Immediately decides on the first day that he's not and then starts sleeping with him um, and then lies on the stand later for him. Yeah. <laughs> and then is yeah. and then uh, he, he dismisses her. She's later kidnapped and, and almost loses her life. And then they kiss. Well, I mean, it's a love story. But we're getting way ahead. So on this boat, I want to get back to this boat. Bruce Willis does a very strange thing other than wearing that guy's hat, which I think is very odd. And I, I think we need to look into the psychology of that moment in, in another show. Okay. Should we have we had to devote a whole show? He comes in the boat and he sees on a mirror a bunch of white lines, <laughs> which equal that's probably cocaine, right? I mean, right. I imagine. Yeah. But what does he do? Taste what does it. he do? He tastes it. What does he think it is? He's like, well, he 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 thinks these might be some of those guys that like to pretend there's cocaine on the mirror, you know, like, hey, let's let's role play cocaine on the mirror while we do this crime on this boat. Usually, you do that if it's like in a maybe like a Ziploc, and it looks like it could be sugar or some shit. I don't know, and they taste it. Oh, this is the real shit. This is cocaine, but this is on a mirror, and with like a rolled up dollar bill next to it. You know, I think he's... They may have just had a live cam set up in his trailer. Just threw some of that footage in. <laughs> um, All right, so... so did you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you think... No, did you think um, when... So what, what happens soon after this? Bruce Willis starts doing his little, I'm going to investigate the police after this. Very, I'm going to figure Very out. subtly, by the way. Because women start, you know, these again, like there's been a two year gap between murders of, of these young women, but they're happening again. They're being the bodies are dumped in the water. Bruce Willis, he's going to start and you know resuming his investigation, even though it's not his case anymore. And he goes into the police station and just starts rooting around in files. <laughs> and Brian James ca- catches him. And he says, what are you doing? What are you doing in here, man? And, he, and Bruce was like, nothing. And he starts walking out with files. And then Dennis leaving. Farina follows him out and asks him the same thing. And he's like, yeah, he's got it. He's actually, you know, he rolls. You know, there's that old thing in, in, in these movies where they roll up the evidence and they put it in their pants or something so that it's not discovered. He rolled it up and is carrying it around in his hand. <laughs> well, Farina said. So Farina is like buddy, buddy with Bruce Willis a few times in this, like kind of playing a jokester, but then immediately gets mad when he realizes that Bruce Willis isn't leaving the past alone. He gets very mad to see those files in his hand, of course. And uh, he says to him, he gives him this warning. He says, don't scald your tongue on another man's soup. Yeah. He says. Yeah. And it says that at, in Farina ease, which yeah. is incredible, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, th- that's a bad line, but it's Dennis Farina delivering it. That's great. And it's just setting the stage for a masterclass from Dennis Farina later in the film. 
just the just the fact that they had the word scald in this movie makes me happy. Okay, you know you what know, else? They got, they got it in there. Here's how we Hashtag know. Scald. Here's how. Here's another indication that Bruce Willis is a, a really good cop. So mm-hmm. early on, when he and Sarah Jessica on their first patrol, they they confiscate a bottle of uh, Jack Dan- or Johnny Walker Black, and he's thinking about drinking that shit, which is you know that's fine. He's an alcoholic, but when she catches him, gives him a dirty look, he pours it into the river. He he fucking pours it into the river. It's his job to protect the river. He's a cop and he's pouring liquor into the river. Mm-hmm. That's got to be like number six on the no, no list. Did you see, did you have the subtitles turned on? No. The, the river said, thanks. <laughs> and then it went to the Viper room. Oh my God. So what do you think of, what do you think of Chicanus? Well, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? What do you think of Chicanus in this? <laughs> What do you think of Chicanus, Nick? <laughs> Talk about Chicanus. Yeah, should we? <laughs> what there is a, <laughs> uh, They should have called him Red Herringus. They, uh, the guy that gets framed for his daddy's death, um, as the as the serial killer, looks like he, he was, was looks like he'd lose a fight with Burgess Meredith. By the way, exactly, he's fingered. He was turned in by this guy. A witness, and they keep calling this guy by his last name, which happens to be Chicanus. They say that name so much in this movie, <laughs> and they give that guy nothing to do. He's got long hair, and he's beat up by Bruce Willis at one point, threatened threatened at gunpoint. Yeah, um, but he he his name features heavily in this, too heavily. And why do they? Why do you think that they went with Chicanus? <laughs> why do you think that that's the name they settled on? Why not just like, I don't know, Smith? I can't help you. I can't help you. So that's when you find out around this time that Sarah Jessica Parker is internal affairs. She's working with Andre Brower, a very young Andre Brower. Um, also a TV actor, Homicide Life on the Street. Love the guy. The what do you think of Andre Brower? Love him. The Mist, Last Supper. Love him. And... Um, no, it's Courtney B. Vance. Courtney B. Vance is in Last Supper. Andre Brower is in something else around that same time. But no, he's definitely he great in the mist. He was in the mist. Yeah. Um, he may have been in Last Supper as well, actually. But anyway, he's got like a, he's got one of the best voices. His voice is like out of nowhere. Where yeah. is that voice from? And he also his like chin and neck are really weird. Hmm. It's it looks like he's think- he's like he looks like Agent Smith is when he's thinking about something. Um, there's a scene in this when they play, um, <laughs> they play Bruce, you know, this, it's one of those, those scenes when they, they play, uh, the answering machine for you of the main character, which is always one of my favorite mo- moments in film. Absolutely. Yeah. And they play his message and Bruce Willis, I wish we had it, but Bruce will, I'll try to do an imitation. It won't work, but his answer machine is this, this is Hardy here. We'll go. <sighs> Go. He says go, but he also sighs, which is extremely important to get on answer machine. <laughs> you know what that is? That's probably Bruce Willis already hates Rowdy Harrington. They're doing an ADR. The movie's been in post for too fucking long. They're like, Bruce, we need you to come down to the valley. I mean, come to Burbank. He's like, I live in fucking Malibu. And they're like, we need you to come down and record this voicemail message. He's like, motherfucker. He's like, he, he's like, De- Demi is already fucking giving him a hard time. 
He fucking rolls down there and he goes and records that. You could tell the consternation in his voice when he says that. Yeah, the, script, the script is probably like, okay, it probably says, hi, you've reached Tom Hardy's residence. I'm not he- here right now. Please leave a message if, and I'll get back if, shortly. If anything's we'll- wrong, it's probably the police. <laughs> All right. Tom Atkins in this. What's your favorite Tom Atkins performance? I mean, I don't have one. Probably better. There's one right answer. It is the fog. Nope. It's Halloween three. Nope. Let me give you a hint. He answers his phone a very special way. Hmm. Throw me. That's how he answers his phone. What is it? Night, no, it's Night oh. of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, Night of the Creeps. Right. Tom Tom Atkins went from really cool carpenter staple to legend in that movie. His one his one uh, thing here is that because Sarah Jessica Parker invites Bruce Willis to the policeman's ball, Bruce Willis shows up, and uh, the cops hate that he's there. But Tom Atkins is related to him, and so then they pile around. Anyway, his one piece of advice. Do you remember his advice that he has a one line he gets in this movie? Vaguely. He tells Bruce Willis not to have sex with Sarah Jessica Parker. He warns, he says, don't fuck her. <laughs> That's what he says, I don't remember that. Does Dude. Bruce Willis heed that <laughs> advice? No, instantly in her. Yes, and he does not. At, at the, during an argument. You know, it's great. We should be praising this movie. We should be talking about a movie that had the good sense to bring Tom Atkins Brian James, Dennis Farina, to a lesser extent, you know, like a John Mahoney, all these guys into one one film. Timothy Busfield. That should be enough for us to praise this film. And somehow Bruce Willis fucks it up for everybody. So there's a fight that breaks out of this policeman's ball. Do you remember what happens? Yeah, they. it's Mr. It's him and Mr. Brian James go at it. Dennis Farina, that's when Dennis Farina gives him that amazing stare. Well, Tom, Tom Sizemore is uh, back after two years in California, right. and he does a Max Katie, does a Max Katie impersonation, and he uh, he's no longer a cop. I think he was a cop, but he's no longer a cop. And he he comes to the policeman's ball. He, he's drinking. He starts a fight, um, and then they show a crazy Tom Sizemore like backed by fireworks. Yeah. Did you just yeah. that, which is very? I mean, it's just it's Max Katie. It's very Max Katie. That's what you're talking about, the fireworks part. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's 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 something. You love it, huh? It's something. And then Bruce Willis tries to kick Sarah Jessica Parker out of his houseboat, which is a sad thing to do. Yeah, and she she won't have it. She she the thing is she this does have it. She does have it. <laughs> she does have it. She uh, pours out his alcohol, which he doesn't like, and he tells her to go. But he doesn't really want her to go because he likes her. He likes her looks. Yeah. So and they've been partners for two days, so why not sleep together? Right. You know? Right. And uh and, and there's a and then there's a saxophone sex scene where mm-hmm. uh, apparently they did some reshoots to make it sexier. But we mm-hmm. get to see him feel her boob, and I know that she is probably still having like a, a regret that comes over her. She'll be she'll be like looking out the window in the kitchen and they'll show like a somebody walked over her grave. And she'll get chills, and then she, oh, that's right, Bruce Willis touched my breasts on screen. That's right. All right, that's what, they had that's what a, it was. They had a, a lot of shots of her in her. 
I don't know how her brilliant white wonderwear, I guess is what you call it. She has like, she's very like, I don't know. They're very excited to show her. Yeah, it makes her, and, it make, it's very fresh, very fresh panties she's wearing. And and Bruce Willis is all over her in those scenes. And um, God help her and that cat. They both have to pretend to be into Bruce Willis. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And, like it is. Yeah. And then he and rolls the over in the morning. Remember the scene where he's in the morning, he's like, ready for the return of Bruno? But they they do cut away to the from this ma- like this major makeout session between them to the cat. Absolutely, they cut away to Bob instead of the fireplace. Yeah, right. Well, there's the also cat- a peeping Tom thing going on too, where somebody's mm-hmm. creeping and crawling outside the window while they're making it. Is that true? Yeah, there's a there's a, a POV of of a of a creeper while they're oh, having probably it. the color, probably the color. Right. Yeah. So, but. But the cat, what'd you think of the cat masturbating during those scenes? <laughs> Have you ever seen that on film before? Not enough. Yeah. Yeah. She makes after she makes out with Bruce Willis after a tantrum, after he throws a tantrum. Right. Which admittedly is hot to me too. I think that's it, it is that's the Bruce Willis at his hottest. Yeah. After he throws a, a hissy fit in a houseboat. Right. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they up the uh, the uh, associates of his getting killed quantity. So th- yeah. there's this moment where we meet this nurse who seems like a very nice lady. She uh, mm-hmm. she's leaving the hospital. Her shift's over. She thinks about not leaving, and then she she does, and then she goes outside and she thinks about going back inside, but she's not able to. And she goes mm-hmm. to her car, and I've never seen this in a movie before. The killer has metally it's like jizzed the lock clothes. It's like melted the lock clothes on her car. I think it's a super glue. I'm gonna say it's jizz or metal. Okay, fair enough. And uh, and then she leaves. Well, she so she sees this that her lock is has is glued shut, and she moves to the other side of the car like it's not that huge of an issue. <laughs> it happens, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she gets a uh, she gets uh, kidnapped and then murdered, right? Which sucks. And then. But you find out later that the killer actually <laughs> murdered someone that Bruce Willis went to prom with, which I thought was a little extreme. <laughs> it's not a joke. I know. That's in the movie. And her name was, it was start like Candace Kickman or it's like two C's was her name. I remember that. But um, I think you got it. I think you nailed it. I think it's <laughs> Candace Kickman. <laughs> but that leads to a scene whenever Bruce Willis is on this. He We got to talk about his fashion in this scene. All right, you go ahead then. He is rocking the T-shirt tucked into jeans with no belt thing. White T-shirt tucked into jeans with no belt. Mm-hmm. It's a Bruno look almost. With a with a gun in his belt. Uh, it, it looks. Wow. Well, do we didn't talk about how they Sarah Jessica Parker and Bruce Willis see a body dumped. They're on patrol and they see a body. Well, dumped that's that's later. Because first, later? yeah, first they, there is a body that. Okay, so let's get to the important scene. Before that, a body. Mm-hmm is washed ashore and Bruce Willis is there and so is Dennis Farina and Brian James and so there's this oh, this is my favorite line yeah right? there's a crime scene but and and Brian Brian James asked Bruce Willis if he wants to give her one more pop mm-hmm. and that sets him off he does not like that but then it sets us up for this amazing little confrontation with Dennis Farina on the at the water's edge and why don't you talk about that well, I wrote down the line because I called you about it because I was very excited about it. Let me try to find it. He says, uh, 
This is the only reason to watch this film, by the way. This is the best part of the film. So Farina is dressing down Bruce Willis. He's mad that Bruce Willis is at the scene. He's sick of Bruce Willis conducting his own investigation. And Bruce Willis is accusing Farina of obstruction. He is like, why aren't you doing cop work? Why aren't you? Why aren't you? You seem like you're not, you know, you basically seem like you're obstructing what this investigation. And Farina, that, he don't like to hear that. Right. And he, because that's exactly what he's doing. And he says, he tells Bruce Willis, he says, now get in your little fucking boat. And get the fuck out of here. Go catch a fish. <laughs> and he says it, you know, and the, the Farina, like that line out of anybody else. But the way he says, the worst part of it is go catch a fish. There is no way that's not an ad lib. And when you watch that scene, you could see Farina is about to crack up. I watched that like 10 times. He is about to lose his shit and it instantly cuts away because he definitely made that up. And he definitely <laughs> blew a fucking load after that because he, he was about to go. And then the, the thing is, the scene gets better from there. Did you know that? The scene, yeah, but I was I was I was enamored of that line. Yeah. What what happened after? So yeah. no, okay, so yeah, when he watching him start to lose like smile is the best part of that. The line's great, but seeing him start to smile because he's laughing is very special. But after that, the, the you know basically the, it goes to a wide shot. Of the of of the of the reporters are trying to descend upon the scene. Brian James has not kept them at bay. Bruce Willis is down there on the at the water's edge, all sad and shit. Dennis Freen is yelling at the reporters and stuff. And so there's like three or four lines where he's yelling at Brian James and yelling at the reporters, and it's like really quiet in the mix. But he goes, he says, "Am I in this world all by myself?" <laughs> am I, I did not hear am that. I in this world all by myself? Which had to be an ad lib, and the stars are shining brighter in heaven thanks to that. Because Dennis Frina, you are rocking it from up there, sir. The best. What a what a great man. That is a scene that you could clip out of this movie for sure, and 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 treasure it. Um, the rest, not so much. Especially as we start getting towards the end, it turns into kind of a different movie, but and not not in a good way, I think. Um, well, you uh, don't you don't find oh, the twist convincing. Another thing that's interesting that I don't know if Farina ever got to say this. At one point, I was talking about the the body they see dropped in the river, right? And then there's a weird like chase. There's a car. They they follow this car in their boat, and Bruce Willis is shooting at the car on the road from his boat, and then flare gunning it. <laughs> there's like a boat chase. Yeah, like the car can turn right, and the chase is over, or stop. Anyway, um, they catch up to him, um, or he gets away. I don't know anything. What they they end up recovering what the guy dumped in the water. It's just litter. Remember, well, it's, it was it's, just, it's like, a it's an Oriental rug, right? So it's just with, a rug with a with a then, with with a, what is it a, a bottle in it or something like that? Yeah, and then Bruce and then Dennis Freena says to uh, he asks Bruce Wolf is he, he, he's proud of himself. You chased he says you chased away a litter bug. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Farina gets the best. He gets the best lines. And then, uh, so yeah, we get to the sort of the climax of this thing where mm -hmm. it turns out, so the, the person who's been killing all these people is none other than the not dead Robert Pastorelli who landed in the water and was fine. And he went into his father's cabin where they used to spend their summers as boys. 
and is slaughtering these people out of retribution for his hatred of Bruce Willis, Tom Hardy. And there's this giant confrontation at this cabin where every all of our players are there. We got he's got Sarah Jessica chained up, he's got Bruce Willis, and he's got Tom Sizemore. They're all there. And then mm-hmm. Dennis Farina busts in, and there's this Mexican standoff that's ridiculous. But I'll give Robert Pastorelli this. He is a survivor in this movie. Because he gets he gets the better at, he gets the better of everybody for the majority of the climax of this film. Because a lot of people, you find out that he's the original killer of like that Bruce Willis was right. Like even though Bruce Willis is just really piece of shit, uh, test, testifying against him because he was aggressive. Like he was an aggressive cop. Like he 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 like manhandled somebody, and that's why Bruce Willis turned against him. But he didn't know he was a killer that they are investigating. That's right. Anyway, so yeah, the wild-haired Robert Pastorelli shows up, and and he has to act insane for the last fifteen minutes of this movie. And um, he does. I uh, got every, like you said, everybody's tied to chairs, and Dennis Farina sh- ends up shooting his son, um, and it's tragic. But then Pastorelli again does like a fake out. He has a bulletproof vest on, shoots Farina, and then there's a huge fight that breaks out with people tied to chairs. Yeah, there's this ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Bruce Willis goes basically. Bruce Willis right after he says, uh, you know. Uh, let's go. Let's go. It's me and you. Just me and you. And then he instantly retreats, jumps through the window, and, and it retreats. Well, he has to get away from the gun. But, you know, it, Sizemore does some chair foo. It allows Bruce Willis to get away, break the chair out from under him. Sarah just trips whole, like, him as he's trying to get out. Tri- trips the bad guy. Oh. Everybody's doing chair moves in this. Although it's filmed in a way where it's kind of sexy. Like, yeah, it's like an upskirt while she does it. It's like, hey, what are you doing, Roddy? What are you trying to do? I'm having mixed signals here. Did, it, did they did he really do it? Yeah. Did you know where this takes place? What the cabin's name is? I forgot. The Tillos Roost. Oh my god. Because that's his last name. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. That should so have been the name a, of the name of the movie, actually. So there's a bunt, there's a big boat chase, and then there's some scrapping in the water. Mm-hmm. And what happens to old Robert Pastorelli? Does he get away clean? Does he well, survive? Okay, so okay, yeah, he doesn't ultimately win, but he pulls a Jason in this thing where they go down, squirm, squirming down in the sea, fighting. He gets choked out, and he's at the bottom of the sea. Bruce Willis goes up and is up there, and then, a f- then like like Excalibur in the hand of the Lady of the Lake, the fucking the zapper comes out of the water, the taser. And there's another little skirmish, and then you mentioned earlier that Bruce Willis tasers Pastorelli's mouth, and then he, he sinks, does. He sinks to the bottom of the sea with a look of 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 almost pure bliss and realization on his face. So he, he sort of wins. So yeah, that's what's interesting is the killer. One thing we didn't mention: the killer, one of his weapons that he uses is a taser, and that's how Bruce Willis thinks. That's why he thinks he's a cop. He's like, this guy's using a taser. He must be a cop. Well, that's and the thing. Right. Does a taser leave a mark? How do you know somebody a dead body's been tased? I don't know, man. I I can't tell you, but he. I swear, when you get tased in the teeth, it can't. It can't uh, feel good. No. Yeah, and then everybody, you know, then 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 you find out yet more evidence that Bruce Willis is a shit cop mm-hmm. because Sarah Jessica Parker. Obviously, we thought her name was Joe. Turns out her name's Emily. And uh, they're embracing at the end of the movie, and Bruce Willis says he can he'll never get used to the name Emily. So he's known this lady a week. <laughs> I did like her as a Joe, though. Okay. There's something about it. 
Well, the, the whole, whole reason she was named Joe is so that he would think he had a male partner and then be surprised. That's the only reason her name's Joe in this thing. But the funny thing is, is he'll never get used to it. Like, if, if I knew you was James Waddell for the first week of our friendship, and you're like, oh, I'm Justin, I'd get used to it. You would? I'd get used to it. Think about it. Just take a minute. Yeah, no, totally. Because I had a, one of my best friends growing up was Bert. And then mm-hmm. he changed his name to Lewis in high school. I got I got by. I got through it. I handled it. So after the teeth tase and after this, you know, this kind of hugging, they show this movie ends like it should. Of course it does. Uh, Bobby it, ends in a, it ends in a graveyard. Like all the movies, a lot of the movies that we've done. Oh, that's right. And they are at John Mahoney's grave, Bruce yeah. Willis. And with Sarah Jessica Parker has a daughter, four-year-old daughter that she had sprung on Bruce. The one uh, bit of truth early. she actually told him, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're at the gravesite. And did you remember what the headstone says about yeah, John it's, Mahoney? It's that it's the line that he that he preached to him about about uh, honor and and uh, mm-hmm. your your partner or whatever. It's like uh, yeah, it's dumb. It says loyal says loyalty above all else except honor. Yeah, and then it says also trustworthiness counts and sense of humor is good. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, on the gravesite it shows his date of birth and it shows his date of death and then in parentheses it has. The minute that he was in the wreck and then the minute he got shot. It's like he died car and then he died shot. So it was like a weird was, they have both deaths there. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's cool that Bruce Willis took the the gas cap from the destroyed his destroyed car and put it on his dad's grave at the end <laughs> instead of flowers. Do you yeah. think that was right? Yeah. Here here's the thing that I, I think we have to ask ourselves before we wrap this movie up. What kind of sicko puts themselves directly in the crosshairs? Uh, by sleeping with Bruce Willis when they know his exes are getting killed. Like, Sarah Jessica Parker, he's already a dude that, like, he sucks so bad. No. He's an alcoholic cop that might be crooked. She, she doesn't know that he's lay, his lays turn into murders at that point. She does kind of know. She's investigating him for corruption or to see if he's a bad cop. She doesn't see those newspaper clippings till after she's been completely All savaged saying, by him. All I'm saying is she she at some point in the movie she's well aware that anything his penis has touched is fucking gone. Yeah. It's dead. It's like it's and then she still wants to rub on that. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, okay. and they're trying to say because he's so irresistible that it's just worth chancing death, you know? Yeah, he, he basically lives in a double wide that floats. <laughs> he wears shorts. He wears fucked up shorts and he's got a knee brace. Basically, everything about this guy rings not going to Italy on vacation, you know? <laughs> and then the funny thing yeah. is, so she has a four year old kid. And mm. then he has the gall after knowing her for, you know, three weeks to go to his father's grave and say, grandkids. He's, yeah, he's yeah, fucking yeah. already owning that kid. He's already owning that little thing. That's well, that, cause his, he, the, yeah, because Mahoney wants grandkids, and so that's how they end the movie. That he's like, "Hey, I have a, I have a, a quickly new new family. I have a whatever. I don't. Who cares?" Well, and then, but he has other on the back of the grave. It says, "Grandkids over everything else except death." What? What is? Did Farina die in this movie? Is he dead? Oh, he got shot away. I yeah. saw he gets shot in the shoulder though. No, he gets shot like three times. He's done. I thought, I thought it was only once. No, he's super dead. Um, but you know, Brian James doesn't die. No, and neither does Tom Sizemore, which blows my mind. Yeah. How does Tom yeah. Sizemore not die in this movie? 
he's kind of heroic at the end, but the um and they're you know he, the whole time you think the Sizemore's the killer. You have to they, they oh, set yeah. him up oh, with the oh, killer. The whole yeah, time. he comes yeah. back into town right as the murders start to come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. Tom he, Sizemore, which is another clue. <laughs> and he has these scenes with Bruce Willis where he's like hugging him, but he's looking at the camera like winking. Like I'm not yeah. really liking this guy. He sneaks and, into his house, and only when Bruce Willis yells at him does he come clean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's yeah. And then um, uh, Brian James apologizes to Bruce Willis at the end. He said, I had you pegged wrong. I'm sorry. I bet you're pretty mad at me. I bet you want to take a shot at me. And what happens? He, he does. But he pretends he like he's him. not. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that he would, because he uncuffs him and, and there's like a look of kindness on his face. I was kind of hoping they'd be tight. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I just came to a realization about Tom Sizemore. Mm-hmm. There has to be an older brother actor that we don't know about of his. Because he is so the the second brother. He is the second brother in Hollywood. He's the Chris Penn. Yeah. He's, you know, he's the fucking Randy Quaid. You know, he's the Bo Bridges. He's the piece of shit. He's the Luke Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't have an older brother. But right. Tom Sizemore, the drug addiction, the problems, the mm-hmm. wildness. He's his own brother in a way. Yeah. He's like the he's the asshole mm-hmm. brother, but without another brother to brother him. Who would let's let's envision the good version of Tom Sizemore that's his brother? Well, who would that be? Well, Marty, his name, Marty Sizemore? No, they would be like Pierce. Pierce Sizemore. <laughs> 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 he's classically he's a, he's trained, you know. <laughs> Tom Sizemore used to be fantastic. I used to love him. I, I, lo- I still love him. I still, yeah, but he is, you know, he's a guy that you would never want to meet. Like he, you know, he's a fucking nightmare to know, but okay. So like, is he Pier- on Instagram? Is he on Instagram? Probably. Do you know? Yeah. But Pierce is like, you know, straight shooter, Juilliard, you know, <laughs> Broadway does every, could sing, could dance, you know, he, uh, you know, he'll have a, like a, he'll have a, a spirulina shake in the morning. Tom Sizemore is fucking. He's like he's he's like pouring heroin into soup. <laughs> you know they missed an opportunity here, by the way. How's that? Which I think they could have killed the cat, Bob, and then had Sarah Jessica Parker like Parker wondering. <laughs> Why would he he kills everything that Bruce Willis has sex with? You know why? <laughs> and Bruce Willis like, look, I don't know why he killed the cat. I that, you know, and that's then just you something see, he was just. And then you see his homecoming photo, and it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do the work. Yeah. So you are at the tattoo parlor, and you are getting mm-hmm. you're getting fucking railed. Oh, no. <laughs> But you're also getting a tattoo from striking distance. Right. Oh, man, that's tough. Can you tattoo your own hair? Does that work? <laughs> I'm going to have an alternate an alternate history striking distance moment. So I'm going to have a crestfallen. Uh, I'm going to have it on the, in the middle of my back. A crestfallen Bruce Willis. A reprimanded Bruce Willis on a boat fishing. Okay. Just oh, a, you mean the afterward? He's, he's in he's in mourning, and mm-hmm. he's 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 taking the instructions, and he's actually fishing at night with the body mm-hmm. still in the water. You put you put Bruce Willis on your body for real. 
You're committing to that? Yeah. Well, first of all, one thing they do in this movie is they, the beginning of the movie, they try, Rowdy tries to make you think that's a real cop car. And it, maybe it is at the beginning, sort of, but it turns quickly turns into a toy. Yeah. I love the way that's shot, by the way. Love's a strong word. <laughs> I guess I would just get, I, I would get a uh, sopping wet Timothy Buff, Busfield on my, uh, on my tum, I guess. <laughs> I think that's where it would just a drenched like a like a like a dog that in a bath, Timothy right. Busfield. You know, looking sad. Although has he ever looked happy? I don't know. Yeah. The, what do you think of what do you think of old D- Timothy Busfield? Give me give me an assess assessment. Uh he's you know, he's a cog. He's a cog. He has a he has a place. You know, when uh, when Peter McNichol's not available, he'll do. Yeah. Great last name. Yeah. Love um, it. Um, he, was he in any of the Revenge of the Nerds type of movies back then? It yes. Like he, mm-hmm. no, okay. Of course he was. Of course he was. Yeah. Was he Point Dexter? On <sighs> the violin? I don't think he was. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search because that now that's eating me out. Mm-hmm. Once again. There's Lamari, Point Dexter. It says maybe, be, maybe he is Point Dexter. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine that's true. Booger, he's not Booger. That's right, he was in Field of Dreams. No, Curtis fucking the man is that. He was... I don't think he was in Revenge of the Nerds. Is he not? God, did, we just make, did we just make it up that he was in Revenge of the Nerds? Oh my goodness, gosh. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's... Wait, that's professional theater. Never mind. He was. He was Point Dexter. Holy shit. Nice. You got it right, yeah. Holy shit. That's going to be fun when we get to episode 122. Don't do it. Um, Don't do it to me. So you do Revenge of the Nerds too? With, no, when Anthony Edwards didn't come back for it? No, no, no. Part one. Part one. Um, so we are... Uh, we have been given... The- a movie that's probably held up. <laughs> um, oh yeah. No, no racial stereotypes at all. Mm-hmm. Um, or sexual. Um, mm-hmm. So we've been given the financing to, to put a sequel to Striking Distance out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, About, have we? Yeah. We have the tools. So we... What, know, would, the, what would a, a sequel lo- look like? A lot yeah. of these people are dead, unfortunately. <sighs> Pastorelli and Farina, for sure. Mahoney, gone. Mm-hmm. Of course, he probably wouldn't factor into the sequel. He barely factored into this one. <laughs> Ryan James is no more. Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of the cast. Robert Pastorelli had a quite a uh, tumultuous life, accused of murder before he died at a young 49. 49 is young, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, better be. Somehow, Sizemore still alive, unbelievably. Um. Damn. Yeah, Willis uh, fucking sucks. Atkins, <laughs> Atkins is uh, 84 years young. Still acting, right? Still acting. Still. <laughs> yeah. So what? What would? What's a sequel? I mean, I'm sure that they were th- after those box office receipts came in, saying that this one's a hit. They, I'm sure they were thinking, how do we continue Tom Hardy's adventures on the river? Right. Yeah. Right. So I got a weird take. All right. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy dies. He, he passes. 
Um, he is no okay. longer dating D- Detective Emily Harper. They, you they, sure? Yeah. They're, they're not da- after he dies. He's not dating her anymore. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll hear you out. But okay, like he is a fucking dead thing, and um, he wakes up. That's how the movie starts. He wakes up. His eyes are all fucking. He can't. He's like, "What the hell? What the hell?" And he sees the, the Charons putting coins onto his eyes. He's like, "No, no, stop!" And he he sits up in the boat. Charon's like, "Whoa, what up? What up?" And then uh, he looks over and he sees the faces of all that have fallen before him. And he and he sees the Charon's boat. He's like, "It's it's it's also called the Three Rivers." And oh. uh, and he's like, "You mind if mind if I?" And the Charon says, "Fine." Sharon puts on his little fucking vacation coat, hops into the water, swims away, and now Bruce Willis as Tom Hardy, he's patrolling <laughs> the river Styx. Oh, and that's his new that's his new beat. Mm-hmm. So he is out there fucking up. He's out there, you know, like issuing yeah. like a citation to the Cerberus. You know, he's like <laughs> just like hating all these Greek mythology, mm-hmm. like Cyclopses and he are just not getting along. And of course, the deads, all the those who passed, you know, Brian James. All those guys are still out there. Actually, there's a really nice moment where he finds his father. His father has actually, uh, they have a nice moment together. His father is a vixen down there, fucking everybody. <laughs> CGI Mahoney, like perfect. Like Andy Circus plays him. Fantastic. I'm supposed to follow this somehow? How? <laughs> My sequel idea would be. Everything is at the end of striking distance. Bruce Willis's reputation has been restored. He was right all along. A cop had did, did do it. All the stuff that he said, all the he he actually um, testified against the actual killer mm-hmm. earlier, and you know he was just right. And none of that matters because he ran afoul of the powerful and connected Timothy Busfield, who says. You're no longer welcome on the water, and I've made sure that you'll never be a cop, a, a, you know, a proper police again. So Bruce Willis has to be a bike cop. <laughs> That's his new beat, right? That's not good on that knee. Hmm. And he. Uh, <laughs> That's all I got. I mean, he's a bike cop. What? what so then, what happens? What, what could you help he, me out? With he, the uh, plot? He, he, supp- so he supplements his income by selling Beanie Babies on eBay. <laughs> in his fucking ramshackle shit house, you know, he's like in that awful shit house, dial-up internet, fucking selling Beanie Babies. And then a um, a disturbed person is buying his Beanie Babies that he's selling, and then posting pictures of them cut up and destroyed. <laughs> Bruce Willis is like not again, you know. Like this is this can't happen again. These Beanie Babies even mean more to me than those women in my in my past. Right. And so yeah, that could that could be it. Yeah, that could it could be a, him on a bike. I mean, just that's basically is. Do you remember, remember the tagline of this film? I, I brought it up to you. Do you did you remember it before we started watching it? No. If they didn't, I think it's if they didn't want him to make waves, they shouldn't have put him on the water. Yeah. That's what. That's what the tagline is. And yeah. much like the movie, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and much like my sequel idea, it's not good. All right, let's yeah. move away from that. So you have been uh, inserted into striking distance. What shape, does your perf- <laughs> what shape does your performance take in this? I mean, I, I'd just be, I'd, I don't want to be a police. I, don't, I would never want to be 
that, but I'll I'll take it just so I can berate alongside Brian James. I could just berate Bruce Willis the entire movie and be mad at him and criticize him. You know, I don't. One thing that I don't understand is why those cops they never make fun of his shorts. They never go there. They never make fun of his hairless legs. They absolutely make that, fun of his shorts. There's a they scene. Do? Where, yes, there's a scene where so, like I think it's Brian James. He says I. Where I can't wait. Where can I get me some of them shorts? He says that the first time they interact. Yeah, but that, he's not, he's not making fun of him there. You misread that scene. He's actually that's his moment. He's asking him for sure. He wants to know. He likes that. He likes his shorts. Oh, okay. Hates Bruce Willis, but he does want to know where he got those shorts. Okay. Um, I would be making fun of those stems, man. Bruce Willis's stems the entire movie. I'd be like, you know, because they they are like glistening in that movie. They they're hairless. There are Beautiful. two. There are two people in history who have called Bruce Willis's legs stems, and he's one of them. Man, those legs, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you're in the movie, though. I did. I am. I'm a cop that makes fun of his shorts. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I, uh, I'm this dude who. Uh, I'm a hobbyist and I make mm-hmm. remote control cars. And, um, you know, so I, I'm the, the cream of the crop in Pittsburgh at this thing. And mm-hmm. this guy, you know, and so I, my character is a genius. Like you give me, you put me in a room and I, I could, I could MacGyver a remote control vehicle out of nearly anything, you know, like, like the, the aluminum on the inside of a potato chip bag, I can turn into a fucking missile. So, right. I'm there and I'm I'm waiting for like the next real big gig. And then this guy comes in. He says, here's what I need from you. I need the perfect police car. I need it to be uh, to look like it, it, to the naked eye as if it was a real vehicle. I need it to be able to negotiate itself around before video screens existed. I need to negotiate around room while I'm busy doing something while I am mm-hmm. like, you know, like knife deep in something. And uh, this guy's like, I got it. I got it. And then the guy steps out of the shadows and it's Robert Pastorelli. And I go, but, but you're dead. And then he incinerates me completely. <laughs> that's not his MO. He doesn't incinerate. This. <laughs> well, that's, you know, short notice. You think he could have taken a comb to his hair in this at any point? <laughs> I think he could have dragged a, a brush across that mane. What do you think? How far back did he set Italians? <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I both have Italian in our blood over here. That's a huge mistake. Yeah. All right. So you uh, you have been tasked with with putting together an enterprise based around striking distance. The financing mm. is there. You've got the ability to go nuts. Mm. So what are you going to do? Action figures for sure. Okay. I would do the striking distance action figures. So that is a cool name for... Actually, like a striking distance, it sounds like a set you want to play with, right? Yeah, absolutely. But all they do is just make Bruce Willis and it does nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't come with a boat. Um, come, His face is in anguish all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you know, um, it Bob, maybe, it, maybe his little guy, it, it will come with Bob. Like, he'll have right. that'll be his little familiar or whatever. But you can mail Was Bob a familiar? You can mail, yeah, yeah. You could, I wish you can mail in UPC codes though. And what they'll do is they'll mail you a, a girl for him to, to, to bang. 
Yeah. And 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 it has and a, this, it comes with a body bag. No, mm-hmm. well it comes with a new technology of while you're sleeping the figure disappears. <laughs> you can uh you can mail in just like Bruce Willis did on his performance in this. <laughs> but yeah, that I mean I guess I I wouldn't dare to like dream that there would be a Dennis Farina striking distance figure. Can you imagine? I I imagine I'd own it. Right. But if there was one. But I don't know like I, it'd be a disappointing set. You have Bruce Willis. They wouldn't make Sizemore. They wouldn't make Farina. They wouldn't make Brian James's character. What was his name again? Uh, yeah, Ed or something. Eddie something. Like Elixir they, or something. Eddie Eisen, Eddie Evertrip. Eddie Eisler. Eddie Eisler. Is that okay. right? Something like that. Ed, Ex- Ed Exley. Um, but, they, but they would make Timothy Busfield's character <laughs> and the guy that gets the 20. <laughs> <laughs> The guy that wins the twenty dollar bill, yeah, yeah. But yeah I would, I, that would definitely invest. That would be. I'd do the striking. This was a uh, this was such figures. a fucked up production. You know, Bruce Willis throwing his ego around. I, I could not believe seeing the four year consideration ad in Variety for the twenty guy. <laughs> <laughs> ego sold separately. By the way, what an Bruce Willis. Oh, he's interesting. He's terror. So. um striking distance you know it has the, the time has uh it's it's been a it's a part of history now it's been you know it's part of the the tapestry of film no well, let's maybe so uh, is it yeah so rockstar games has done an expansion for gta based yeah. on pittsburgh yeah and it's a, a recreation of, of striking distance so you you know you basically could take you know you can do uh, online you know you know matches and stuff in the universe of striking distance and what you, so like you could play as either Bob, you could play as what's the, uh, what's the, uh, radio? let me just, let me quickly. Do you think anybody in the history of the world has ever said the universe of striking distance <laughs> <laughs> in the history since man has been on this planet? Has that been said? <laughs> But this movie, the, Nick, this movie's got, I mean, as bad as the as this movie is, it's got a wonderful universe it sets up. <laughs> Can't wait to hear more stories from nope. the history <laughs> universe. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the game is actually really cool. It's like Memento. So you, it's, it, <laughs> you basically, yeah. it starts off and you are Kim Lee and you are watching your murderer kill you. Okay. Right. And then mm-hmm. you wake up and it's like an hour earlier and, 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 and then you, you play the game for a little while and then you wake up and it's like three hours earlier. And basically you play the entirety of Kim Lee's life backwards in Pittsburgh. So oh, most wow. of it is, you know, you're, it's menial things, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the, at the police station, you know, you're calling in a report and then it'll flash forward. And, you know, then all of a sudden, you, you know, you've got like a, a wicked stain in your fucking dress you have to get nailed out and then you, it'll go back even further and say oh she's like god i don't know i don't know what to do about this fucking snaggle tooth and then you have to solve that it's just great it's just the kim lee mm-hmm. simulator basically and it goes all the way back to her youth turns out you know she was fucking super back then you know she was like a real a real a real meaty number she was fucking sweet yeah do you think bruce i think they were trying to imply that bruce willis like had sex with kim lee or did he just know her? Oh my god, you're probably right. He probably did. By the way, I know you're kidding around and stuff like that, but that's what a wonderful performance by that actress in this film. Incredible. 
Yeah. Um, and then the cool, the I mean, the big one. Mm-hmm. You got an island. Yes. It's filled with a ton of debris from over the years. It's sitting there floating out in the sea. Mm-hmm. You know, all sorts of stuff going on. Um, and you have to grab something from striking distance to really add to your menagerie of delights. Right. What do you bring? Let me see. I'm I'm batting about zero on all this. I'm 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 striking out on every one. I don't. So let me. Think. You should not be let so negative think. about your performance. Let me think. For God's sakes, give me a second. Let me come up with a jewel here. Why don't you go first? Oh. Hmm. It's tough. I mean, there's so much to to take from this film. Right. So much to covet. So there is a scene in the movie where they find the body of one of Bruce Willis's exes, and they pull out open the uh, they pull open the bag, and there's two giant holes on her chest. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, she's got two. It's like, already dark. I do. She got shot twice. I know. I understand. Yeah. yeah so I I have just a a, a cross section of that. Let me prepare. Hold on. Let me stretch. <laughs> Let me say a couple of prayers before you continue. <laughs> no. All right. Go ahead. No. And honestly, uh, it's very nice. I have the, a cube of her of her of her chest plate <laughs> next to my bed. And in each of those holes is a delightful candle. <laughs> and at night, I light those candles, and it seeps down into her skin. And I think, I, you know, I, I say a prayer for her. You know, like. <laughs> okay. Then I rip one out. <laughs> well. Do you play a little Red Riding Hood as it's as it's, yeah, I'm like you see this the, the the quaking shadow of me pawing at myself in the candlelight. <laughs> well, I would take. And this is something I mentioned to you before. I would, and we haven't brought it up yet, but that's what I would take. I would take Bruce Willis's expression <laughs> as he fires a gun in this. That is gold. His face, it looks like he's about to, whenever, I don't know how to put it. Whenever he's pulling the trigger in this, whenever he's about to fire and he has the gun, it's almost like he has the gun so far away from his body. Like he's just so outstretched. He looks like he's about to blow out a birthday ca- candles on a cake or something. That kind of like look that I'd take that expression. So when I'm working around the island doing things, I could have that. I don't know. It's not cool. It's not a cool look, but it is an s- expression that I guess relays to anybody that's looking at you that you're working your ass off, that you're really doing something, you know. By the way, I think that's the look he started in Die Hard. You're right. You're right. Exactly. And it's 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 it fits in Die Hard because his character is a little bit of I don't know. It's, it's his character is a little bit of a person out of his element in Die Hard, I guess. And but it, it, what do you think? Why do you think he does that? Like his expressions in this are crazy in this movie, um, especially the gun, the gun face. 
I don't know. I can only assume. That, he, I, I assume it's a vulnerable trait. No, I think he. I think he thinks it looks cool, oh. or real, or something. Oh, you think he's trying to look vulnerable? I think. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's just. Maybe the he's just afraid of the sound. Like he's when he's shooting that fake gun, he's like wincing because he knows this is going to make a scary sound. I think he thinks it looks cool. That's my theory. All right. Like he think it does it look cool? It doesn't. Okay. All right. You don't agree? Well, no. I mean, I, 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 there's a whole there's a whole conversation to be had on on guns looking cool and when they're people are using them. You know, there's a weird thing there. Like you think about like I know. John Wick and you know I'm trying to think who's a, who who is the best who looks the best firing a piece you know that's such a good question do you think he has a you said you were talking about quaking as you cranked one out earlier do you think Bruce Willis has that face whenever he's <laughs> thinking about himself um, <laughs> <laughs> cranking one out I have a confession okay I liked. When I was in high school, or whenever that album came out, middle school, high school, I liked that Bruno album. <laughs> I liked his songs. Name one. I think one. Well, I don't. I don't remember. Were they covers the, of like bar? The like, single. So the single, I don't remember. Was it respect and I liked yourself? His, was it respect yourself? Right, right, right. That was one of them. But he did a yeah, he did a cover. But one of them, maybe they're both were covers. I don't know. But what the first one I really liked, and then the second one was like a was an old like you know sitting on the dock of the bay or some shit you know he later worked with michael bay he did one yeah. of his maybe his biggest hit armageddon mm-hmm. so it has, let's just, it has let's, to be well die hard is pretty huge let's talk about okay, while we fade out here like celebrity uh celebrity musician you know like celebrity vanity projects and stuff mm-hmm. like what what's the what's what which ones really blow you away you know, like um, obviously, have Jared Leto has thirty seconds to Mars. J- Jeremy Renner has oh, j- has Jeremy yeah. Renner. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the Bacon Brothers. You have Kiefer's thing. You know, it's hard to get arrogant when you're in the Bacon Brothers. That's not Leto's a different story. That guy's band was that guy from Labyrinth tried to dabble in music. <laughs> Who has a good? A good a ba- an actor that has a band. Like, uh, didn't um, Russell Crowe have a band? 30 odd foot of grunts. Yeah, he had a band. Uh, uh, so did um, Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, right. Yep. Yep. Who, wh- who was it? Remember, he got all arrogant whenever people wanted to talk about his acting when he's promoting his music. What was that guy's? What was his band? I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm uh, sure it's awful. He had that song about Angelina Jolie. Gary Sinise, the, Lur- the Lieutenant Dan Band. <sighs> I'm going to put Billy Bob Thornton's band and then see what they're called. And then uh, Whip Hubley had a band. Yeah? Yeah, it was called Whip Hub- the- Whipped, Whipped Hubley's. <laughs> you know. Um, Joaquin Almeida had a, a, a thrash band. Billy Bob Thornton's band's called the Box Masters. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And there's there's band photos of him in like a sleeveless tank, you know, like tank top, like a looking dumb. Yeah, and then <laughs> remember that like that uh, supergroup Perlish. 
Max Perlish. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was nine well, Sarah, Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker had a band for a long time called Striking Distance after this movie. <laughs> that she, she got, got some fame off of that. Yeah. yeah. That's a couple of good songs. You know, Frank Langella, you know, he was, <laughs> he had a grindcore outfit. <laughs> was it just called Langella? Yeah. Doesn't what it sound it? like the name of a metal band? Langella? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's a great name, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What who, what actors have would have a last name just built for a band? Langella is up there. Yeah. Uh, Procknow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yes, of course. Yeah. <sighs> that's actually, that's a, you think about it. Yeah, just the ubiquitous, the one name badass outfit where you just see the name on a on an album cover and you start to shit yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, uh, uh, what's another good one that you would see? Like, um, Helgenberger. <laughs> Pintaro. <laughs> hey, hey, who's open up for anthrax? Uh, Gedrick. <laughs> There's no way that, by the way, speaking of fantastic actors with their last name starts with a G, I bet, I bet. Rico was in a band. Do you think he was in a band? Oh, that, that totally fits, doesn't it? Wait, didn't jo Johnny right. Depp had a band? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I think they were called like P or something. Like the letter P. I'm not <laughs> oh. kidding. Like oh, yeah, there's something like that. He played with the Butthole Surfers a little bit. Like, did he yeah. really? Yeah, a little bit. I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can't remember. Band. I don't think he had a band called P. It's something like that, unless it's P E E. Hollywood Maybe. vampires. Oh God, really? Yeah. Why do I think P? Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp, and Joe Perry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've heard them described before in a very in a like in a very in a way that just you could just totally get the sound from this description. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let me see if he, because he, he was apparently in a lot of like bands. Oh, I know this. Elliot from ET. Henry Thomas was in a band called the Blue Healers, I think. <laughs> and I, I think I know, I think that's correct. You imagine. Oh, and um, I, I once saw what's her face. Um, what's her, what, you don't like this actress. She was in St. Elsewhere. Amy Irving? No, she wasn't in St. Elsewhere. What's her name? Mayor, I saw her play. Mayor Winningham? Mayor Winningham. Yeah. I saw her play at a show. Before. Uh, didn't you buy me an album from Emily Burgle? Of course I did. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. <laughs> Star of uh, Carrie to the Rage. Yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with her last name for a long time. Yeah. I mean, we joke. We joke about some of these acts, but I, I still listen to Baker Hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, RIP, right? Yeah. Is he gone? Oh, he's got to be. He's died like three times in my in my memory. Well, I think it's 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 like a sign that you've made it when you're able to have a like a your own like music thing and and then force it on people. Hey guys, here's the next song by the Lucky Nystick. Nice <laughs> 
This is me. 